Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two of the Net of Love podcast. And I'm so excited to have my dear soul brother back with me again for season two. Welcome, Rev Rob. Uh, thank you, Amanda. And hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here for, I can't believe this is season two already. I know. And it goes they fast. They go by fast. It, it does. Goes so, it everything does. goes so fast right well, now. Congratulations to you on Net of Love. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I got to tell you, so when you joined last night, the meditation that I was leading and the, 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 the butterfly wings were in the card and I just looked at your logo this morning and saw all those butterflies again. And so, yeah, very cool. And you were talking about the Lotus third eye, right? And yes. I was, when you, right before you said Lotus third eye, I was feeling like the Lotus heart and the wings and all that kind of good stuff with the butterfly that you were talking about. And it just came together beautifully as we always do. So thank oh, you yes. for that beautiful meditation. Thank you. And so for everybody fun. listening, Rob does um, these really cosmic metaphysical meditations and I get really deep into those and I love them so much. And they're Wednesdays and what time do you do them? 7.30 p.m. And awesome. they are, uh, you can, you can check out my page. We can talk about this at the end, put the links in the, in the comments, but yes, I'm the spiritual spinister. I am putting the spin on our spirituality and, uh, just like a chakra. Uh, and so I have enjoyed doing meditations for a long time. We draw a card. I love being inspired by Oracle cards. You know, I, I feel like the artists that are so, uh, that, that have, that are so inspired themselves by their own spirituality and the own imagery that they have. I just love it. So we draw a card and I just go from there. We just, we kind of, I kind of freestyle from the card, which is a blast. And we and come into your, nice. come into your spinister vortex, all of us. And yes, you take us yes, right definitely. up, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. All right. So Rob and I are super excited. We have both received, we are very guided by what we receive from our direct source connection, the two of us, um, which is why we resonate so beautifully together. And our guidance was really to get into our, probably the two of us, our most favorite metaphysical principles that helped us to really be where we are spiritually at this point in time. And I'm going to introduce you all, if you've not heard of it before, some of you probably have, to the hermetic principles that are in the Kabbalion. So we are going to kind of tackle these principles over season two. I'll sprinkle in some other people in season two as well. And Rob and I are going to just keep going with this as the time, divine timing is right. So we're going to talk about the first principle of mentalism. And just to introduce you to this for a little bit, a lot of you already know that I did um, religious studies in, in college, in my bachelor's undergraduate and I intensely studied metaphysics. And then from there, the books fell off the shelves and I was just guided all these different directions. And when the Kabbalion came in for me and I opened that book and I started reading mentalism, I, it was the second time that I felt just profound truth and resonance over any other thing I had studied before on this path. So there's an ancient truth here and there is a, resonance with this ancient truth that I had also found previously in a book called The Holographic Universe. So Rob and I will probably get into the hologram and holographic a little bit in this conversation a little bit later, but let's start with mentalism. So Rob, why don't you start with your feeling about mentalism? And I see it, you know, they talk about the mind is all, 
But I really, I use the word consciousness and that everything is consciousness and that we can impact our reality through our consciousness and we do it every day without us even knowing it. So we better figure it out so we can impact it in a more loving, beautiful way. I'll turn it over to you. Yes, absolutely. You know, the thing about the Kabbalion, which is exciting, is that it is an ancient uh, wisdom. It is, um, it comes from uh, Hermes Trismegistus, not the designer Hermes, but Hermes. Uh, so, and in ancient Egypt, and you probably know more about this, he, you know, he was regarded as a god. He was, he was considered a Thoth, right? As the, uh, as the god of wisdom. So this philosopher has this impact on the world for, you know, eons ahead of him uh he is now you know he is the he is who they're saying is the the writer of the emerald tablets that were found right in the as the part of the dead sea scroll so i know it in our home we watch a lot of youtube videos about ancient cultures and so he's in the popular culture he's getting there hermes is finally um, but yeah. you know i feel like these principles are ones that um you'll find are a part of every uh, faith, every faith, every religion. Um, you know, we say metaphysics all the time as if it's some sort of uh, uh, unknowable magic, but the fact is anything that is beyond the physical, which is basically all religion, um, is metaphysical. So we're not doing anything differently than others have done, but I think we are tapping into the reality of it. and. The principle of mentalism, which is my favorite, um, states, and by the way, the Kabbalion is available online as a free download PDF book. If you just, we will put that link in underneath. So it is, uh, it's, I've always, I always keep my little copy, uh, with me, um, on my phone or on my computer, but the first principle, and again, these are, these are, these are considered, uh, laws of the universe. They are, uh, they are how the universe operates. They're not necessarily for us to decide whether it is or not, but Hermes is saying, this is how it works. So what he says is the all is mind and the universe is mental. So that's kind of trippy. And maybe if you're on a, on a nice plant-based trip, that can be something you might want to ponder, but you know, what it really means For is meditation. We... Naturally, I'm going to add that in because yes. you can get there that way too. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, so the all is mind and starting there. I, when we say those words, the all, we are talking about everything. We are talking about all there is whether that is how you see God, whether that is how, you know, however you identify that energy source that is beyond who we are, that is, you know, keeps, that just keeps expanding and is also bigger than everything else. That is the all. So that part might be easy to comprehend because we've always thought of God or we've always thought of a spirit or however we look at that higher power. But when we say that it is mind, what does that mean? Um, which I think is the most exciting part. So you're saying consciousness, Amanda, mind, thought, thought. the all thought. is right. <laughs> if, if, if God is for, you know, just for, material terms, a brain, if God is, is, is the thinking, uh, uh, vehicle, the thinking being, then the second part of that, 
you know, the all is mind. The all is the thinker, the creator, the, the thinker is really, the, is, is, is the word for mind and the universe is mental. So what does that mean? The universe is mental. So if God is the brain, the mind, then all of this manifest is what? It's a thought. It's a dream. It's imagination. It, it's imagination. Yeah. It's imagination. I think this is so exciting because when we say the all is mind, we say that there is nothing else. It's called the all. There's nothing, nothing, no thing that is not the all. Nothing. Which is, um, it's, it's a hard concept if you are ingrained in other faiths to uh, wrap around sometimes because we've we've set up a world of how you know how the church and other faiths have established good and evil or that separation that that kind of binary view of the universe which one half is good and one half is evil or represents something that is that seems to in other faiths be as strong or perhaps even stronger than God because it's trying to lure us somewhere or trying to take us to a place we don't want to be. But in fact, everything, including that dark side, shadow side is part of the all. So when we look at our universe like that, what does that mean? How can we frame our world around us knowing that there is nothing, no thing, no person, no, any, no experience that is not the all. So I, I feel like that's how I apply this idea most in my daily life. Um, if we do expand to consciousness, you know, Amanda, it's like we're all connected because we're all part of that thought. It is, we are all this cosmic web, right. cosmic web, dream, thought, multiverse, universe, however we're looking at it now. And, you know, we're seeing this played out in our mainstream culture right now. Yes, with so you know, everything, everywhere, all at once, the movie or the Marvel universe. It, it's, we're talking about this right now, this quantum way of seeing everything happening right. at the same time, because it's the all. And it's that so. um, physics term of quantum entanglement that um, Albert Einstein said, spooky action at a distance, that what happens to, because we're all connected, we are all connected, whether you believe in the Big Bang philosophy or not, because we are all connected, what happens to one will happen to the other. It's like that hundred monkey effect where the monkey starts to wash the potato and thinks of it. And then all of a sudden, all the other ones do. It's like the four minute mile when they said nobody could do the four minute mile. And then somebody did the four minute mile. And now all these other people are doing four minute miles. Right, right. So it's very connected into consciousness and our collective consciousness. When we believe or think thought a certain way, we create that reality and that paradigm. And we're starting now finally to come into this understanding that when we shift our thoughts, we are going to shift our reality. And it's malleable. There's the, it's a part of ascension. And these are Yeshua's teachings as well. Yeshua ben Joseph, who is referred to as Jesus. They were part of his teachings that when we look at the metaphysical teachings of what he said, he talks about some of the hermetic principles of as above, so below, as within, so without. So without. Be because as within, we're going to get to that one later, but these all come together. As within, our thought becomes as without the reality. 
and it's malleable, it's moving, it's energy. It's the, the shamans understood this. They, they you know, the great, the, it, it wasn't this witchery thing. It's this understanding of consciousness, spelling, the word spelling spells. It comes from first, there was the word and the word was Thoth, Dejeti, Dehoti. He is the nature of divinity in Egypt. That is that beginning consciousness that had thought and understood the power of sound vibration and how it creates reality. And we're, I'm really excited about where we're coming as a collective to understand frequency and sound vibration and what that does for healing as well, which we can get into more later. But there's this, I don't want to say requirement because everybody's path is going to be based on what they think and what they believe. So there is this path of ascension that if you understand the third dimensional world as this is the desk and this is the chair and it's material and you start to ascend up into this fourth dimensional understanding that all is mind and the quantum world, the cosmic consciousness, that it's not material, it's energy. And all of this is influenced by thought and consciousness. And there's been some you know, fun quantum physics experience experiments to look at this. I know they've gone a lot further now than Schrodinger's cat in the box. People can Google that Schrodinger's cat and, and look at what that means and understand the quantum entanglement. And now we get into like concepts of telepathy, right? Where if I'm thinking a negative thought about some, somebody, they start to feel this weird paranoia about me and they start to not understand why. And we're more connected than we understand. Mm -hmm. So the more we clean up the thought about others too, and just sending love, the more, the less we have those weird energetics in the pathways and the cords with each other too. So it changes the whole dynamic of ascending into this more loving consciousness and evolving the collective consciousness of humanity when we understand that we're creating everything by what we think. Yes. No, you have and our rea- uh, yeah, our, our re- because so if we think of and I'm going to this is a limiting term but I think it's the, it's it's an easy way for me to look at this. So if we if this is all a dream. So you know we've all you know people talk about are we in a simulation are we in, but if we look at the all of the universe like everything a part of it as the dream of the all as God's dream again I'm reducing it as much as possible so that to to understand kind of the how we can look at this then everything that's happening is part of that dream. And we as creations that are also embodying all of the characteristics of the all. So we have, you know, it's like the ocean that one drop of the ocean is not the ocean itself, but it has all the properties that the ocean has. So we have all the properties that the all has. So the all is this massive creative uh, imagination that in one instant has thought of everything at one time then we also have that same power. We also have, we are, we are imbued with that same ability because we are DNA related to the all itself. So we have that same power. Every single one of us is living in a space where the reality that we have is our reality. There's our world is the world that we see. Um, and, and, you know, there's that quote, but it, there's no such thing as reality. There's only the reality as we know it. And so what that means is we have this incredible power and we've t- we know it's a metaphysics basic. So it's not that we haven't said this before, but I think when we sit back and really, really understand that 
we have this ability and that our responsibility with this ability is to use it when it, when we need to use it, you know, which is, we got to unthink a lot of things to do that. But when we are able to stop and say, I am bigger than this experience, I am not this experience. I'm not this negativity. I am, you know, I'm a step back. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the observer, not the, uh, not the, not the participant. So, right. um, and I, I do that with clients and that's what in the first couple of sessions is I really help them to understand that about this concept and everybody understands it from their level of reality differently. Mm-hmm. But when we take a step back and become the observer, knowing that everything is thought and everything is mind, we can then become the higher self behind the mind to say, okay, now I'm going to start watching these thoughts. Oh, I'm going to take my power back. That one's so harmful to me. Why do I think that thought? Why do I do that? And then you start to see it. And it's a, it's a beautiful um, phase on the spiritual path when you start to understand this and awaken to this. And you you evolve your consciousness very quickly. My clients move so fast once this door opens for them. And then all of a sudden, now you're starting to rescript, rewire, looking at the self-talk, and you're no longer choosing to harm yourself by your thoughts or others. So then we rise into this higher love that we've all been dreaming about, that we can't have the outer reality bring it to us because we are informing everything with the power of our thought. Right, right. It's why it's... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) The um, So one of the... I'm, I'm a trained counselor. So one of the theories that I connected to right away, and there's got to be ancient memory with this, especially when I was working with kids as a school counselor, is cognitive behavioral therapy. And cognitive behavioral therapy says, look at the thought that ended up creating the emotions and the consequences, because we feel this emotion, we feel the fear, the the despair of the fear, the loneliness, um, the isolation, uh, the shame, the guilt, When we go back from the emotion, track it back and do a root cause analysis to the thought, we can then start to, not that we don't wanna feel our emotions, that's important, but once you feel it and we become the observer, then we go and we look at the thought and then we say, wow, I don't wanna do that anymore. I don't wanna go down that rabbit hole and feel like that anymore. So I'm gonna shift the thought and not pull that thought string anymore. Oh, there you are, I'm not doing that again. Or I'm going to start sending love instead of feeling angst and frustration when I am triggered by people, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's important. I think it, it, I feel like it is that point where we stop and have, you know, do a check on ourselves. That's where the, sh- that's where the shift always happens. When you, when, you, when you take that moment to assess what's going on, if you feel like you're spiraling, and I'm not saying this is a master of this at all, yeah, but I, I and, right, so I do, so it's when you know these things, you know, now I'm in my biggest challenge in, in applying these is knowing it, getting to that point and going, okay, I'm miserable in this moment. I'm going to keep miserable for a while. And so, you know, I, knowing that I'm making that choice is a little strange, but, but it's still checking in and knowing instead of allowing ourselves to be ruled by what seems to be coming from elsewhere, you know, just like you said, we're going back to what is this, what's the source, not to stay there, not to get wrapped up in the trauma, but to just understand and realize that in the moment that we understand that we can change the story. We can say, oh, 
I don't, this, this was where I came from. I'm not going to minimize it. I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but I'm going to say, I now can choose to see differently. We all know people who seem to be, you know, you say, you ask them how they're doing and they tell you, they tell you how they're doing. And um, I know in, in your work and in our work as ministers, is, you know, you quite often encounter people who seem to be really stuck in this idea about themselves and this narrative of their story and that this is always happening to them. And you know, there are certain things in my life that I'm in that same space, but it's, it's uh, knowing that that's just a story, a story that comes from, yes, a lot of other voices other than our own. But that when we realize that it is product of the other voices that aren't ours, we then can say, oh, I now know this. I choose to make this, from this point forward, my story, the one that I am writing. So whether it is a dream from the all, or whether we are having a dream ourselves, or if we're writing a story, if we're imagining something, then this is where we have that power. It's why we uh, have imagination. You know, it is. Right. And we can shift. So we have that shift. We can shift out of this. So I, I see the collective consciousness is really coming out of this warring survivalist consciousness that we're really stepping into a new paradigm and people are healing. They're, they're, they're really connecting to these concepts and these energies and the conversations that are happening, like you said, on TV with Marvel and ancient aliens and everything, it's starting to all open up and be revealed, you know, revelations. It's the time right now. And it's exciting. It doesn't have to be scary. And I think the really cool part about this is we are taking our power back to come out of survivalist consciousness. But in order to really do that on a more, on a more, um, different pace to kind of be the leader of this paradigm is to step away from the collective consciousness, to have it no longer inform who you are, to clean up those pieces that are descended and are not loving and are not healthy, whether they came from your family system dynamics and beliefs about who you are from there, or your schooling, or your church potentially, we all, you know, we all have that, or your religious upbringing, and really examining those pieces that made you feel like you were less and not worthy of your divinity. Mm -hmm. And now we are finally able to take our power back and our sovereignty as divine creators, radical responsibility to embrace our divinity and our self-worth as these creators. And nobody's saying to create or have power over anybody in a way that's harmful. This is ascending our consciousness and expanding it to be more loving, more open-hearted, more understanding that we are creating everything through what we are thinking. Right. It's, I think and that's, it's, it's both a beautiful concept. I think it's a challenging concept yeah. because if we are creating our world, that means that we have a responsibility to look at the world as our creation. So which is not always the case. Like I can understand this uh, intellectually or spiritually sitting here talking to you, but what, what happens when I get out to the world and the world looks a certain way? We're in a period right now of our, our country and in the, you know, we're seeing a lot of things that, that look very frightening and, and really uh, not like the world that you and I are talking about today. But if, if we see this as our responsibility in our creation, not our fault. You know, it's not like saying, oh, it's your fault if it's the world's this way, but, but it is saying it is our responsibility once we see it that way. So what are we doing? If, if something is coming back to us that doesn't look in the way that we want to see it, if it's not the beautiful universe that we want for ourselves, then we must take action to 
change it to be what we want it to be. So um, it goes back to this idea that there's nothing that is not the all. So that means that regardless of how uh, disdainful or ugly or repulsive or repugnant the world may look to you, if you can understand that it is, it is just part of the all and it is once we know this, what can we do with that information? What can we do with something that doesn't look as beautiful as we want to make it? We then make it beautiful. We do what we can to be able to see the world the way that we say we want to see it, which I think that's important that we say we want to see it, but then we have to walk the walk, you know? So, right. and we can go into these higher states of meditation and higher frequencies when we understand that the all encompasses both polarities right? That's the principle of polarity. That's one of these seven laws that we're talking about is that when we transcend black, white, good, evil, and we no longer engage in those um, trauma dramas, <laughs> trauma, drama, play out things. Um, it's a word my teacher uses, trauma, drama. Um, that it's hard. Let me say that first. But when we they're learn, fun, they're intoxicating. That's right. trauma dramas. And we're addicted to them. We're addicted totally. to them. So when we ascend out of that and transcend the polarity, I, I often talk about the black and white tiger came to me as an aspect of my higher self teaching me this, that we hold the all within us. We no longer have to, you know, dive into those trauma dramas on the anthill. But I think it's really important. And I love what you said and the vulnerability you brought in with this is that, yes, I might stand at the pulpit or I might be on this podcast talking about this, but we're doing it at the same time you all are. So somebody might say, well, you know, somebody might say to me, well, you don't do what you say all the time. It's like, well, yeah, I'm human. <laughs> I'm still working on this as well. We're all, we're, we are the all in human bodies having been in this lower consciousness for millennia, trying to work our way out of it. And we're doing it together, which is really exciting with, with, being humble and vulnerable is really important in this work. Yeah. And I think the, I think for me personally, what I feel like uh, my, my dream is, is to have a community with me that, you know, we are having this podcast, we are having this conversation and yet um, we might get offline and we might start, you know, talking about a situation that's happening in real life with our, you know, intersecting experience. And, I might start to bitch and moan about something. And so I, I feel like this is, this is the, this is the, um, the aspiration is that we trust ourselves enough that you can say, wow, you're right. I understand how you're feeling, but that's not what we said we're about. So let's, let's go back and watch this podcast. Let's go back and listen to that sermon that you gave, you know, not as a gotcha, not as a, you said this and you're not acting like this, but as a, Hey, our human side has taken us here and do what you need to do to release it. But let's, let's get back to that path. And so I feel like now I'm meeting people that I can say, Hey, you know what? I know how I get, and I know what my, uh, what, what, what seduces me to be not me. And can you help me when that happens? And can you do it in a way that I'm going to hear you? That is not going to put me on a defensive, you know, can we work together? And I feel like that's when you say together, that's what I'm talking about for me. It's like, can we remind ourselves this lovingly knowing that we're all human, knowing that I'm only here to help you see the divinity in you and help, you know, and hopefully you're here to help me see it in me. So, uh, and that is the all like, yeah. You know. And those moments, we need those moments so that we can keep leveling up with that higher understanding. And although it feels gross and we don't like it, 
it's a really beautiful opportunity to look at, okay, it's triggering me. If it's triggering me, then I need to look at it because that's what needs to go. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's the key. The observer, we can, we can do that work. I think the key is what you said, the triggering, like, you know, like more and more, I'm, I'm finding a lot of people are using that same language, you know, when you're getting that feeling, whatever it is, like you're feeling defensive or you're feeling angry or like, that's the trigger. Everybody has it. We have it a million times a day, but can we stop and go, whoa, okay. Out of curiosity, not out of judgment, not out of even trying to change it. Like, don't try to change it. Just try to get to know it for a second. Try to understand what it's trying to tell you when it comes through that way. And often it's you're not enough. And I'm telling you you're not enough. And whether or not I said you're not enough or whether or not I even meant you're not enough, you're interpreting that you're not enough. So I need to look at why I feel like I'm not enough from this person in this situation because maybe they didn't even mean it that way because we come from it with that trauma lens. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm triggered. Now what happened now? And I often say too, like, we don't want to become obsessed with this practice either because then we're just constantly not enjoying ourselves. And it's, it's just kind of watching it when these moments happen and, and taking our power back to be like, okay, now, now I'm going to go walk in the woods and have the most blissful day in nature so that we're not you know, cause you can become obsessed with this as well. And I think it's important to say that that's not healthy either. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I had, a, I, I recently kind of had an inspiration from a counseling session I was having and the person said to me, so, and I was talking about the voices and, you know, all those, those, those triggering things that we hear. And I have very, uh, I've always been able to have an ongoing kind of journal dialogue, very much like conversations with God or like, you know, I, I used to call it instant messaging with God. So like, and I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the deep self of me. So I can talk from me sitting here on this earth. And then I'm talking to the all, but the all that is in here, the all that is me. And so that all is like, I, I have a good vibe with that all because that all is the one that I want to hear. I love you from, and I, and I do it and, and I hear it. And, and this, this person said to me, well, have you ever given voice to the others? And I thought, well, I, re- I really haven't done that. Like, I know that there's a voice in there. I know that it's saying something like in this big, dark, swirly cloud, but what if I had the guts to just sit down and allow myself to be another version of me, not just the benevolent, loving self, but let's, let's, let's give that side a chance. Um, this also came from, we did a workshop long ago at ISD where we, where we took that little gremlin inside of us and we put it in a jar and we put it on a shelf, which has been there for like five years. I'm thinking, okay, if I were a being shoved in a jar on a shelf, wouldn't I keep trying to scream at me in some sort of like, you know, unintelligible voice to get me out of here? what if that's just trying to get out? And so I sat down and I said, all right, go ahead and let it, let him, you know, work through me saying all those things that you said, you're not enough. You're this, you're that, like just I, whatever vile thing I could say that he could say, he said it and he, and, he, and, and it's, it's there on paper. And you know, when I was done, I was done and it's pretty, I mean, I ended up laughing at it because it's like, wow, you have got some issues, guy. But <laughs> everybody does them, Rob. We all have right. <laughs> and in the end, I really felt that those voices, that collective voice, that that that, or whoever it was being, you know, per, you know, personified in some way, say, "Oh my God, thank you." Uh, you know, I don't need to do this every day, but you just get. That's all I needed to do. I needed to get this out, and you need to be able to look at it and be able to be discerning about you know, my intentions, which I now know that the intention of all of those dark voices are really only our good. Like 
misguided, but if it's telling you you're not, not enough, it's because yeah, right. Don't feel safe. You don't feel safe. It is trying to tell you that there's something you can do to feel safe. It's, it's, it's like an overprotective parent or teacher, or it's mm -hmm. just trying to keep you somewhere because you said you wanted to feel safe and, and he thought this was it, or she thought this was it. And once I saw it that way, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I, and so, you know, I try to make this that practice where I'm, if I'm feeling particularly twisty, I'm going to allow that twisty side to say what it has to say. Otherwise, I'm not really saying anything in my head other than this black cloud of what I think it means. But just putting it out there and saying it allows me to kind of release it. And then it always is so happy that it did because it was just trying to say something, you know? So Right. And it often has nothing to do with the other person that was involved with you. It's just something. Absolutely. It's something that, I mean, that person, it's like a soul it's like a soul moment. That person is just kind of like the avatar of consciousness that's showing you something you need to look at that right. you, you have to work through and work past because eventually my dream is that we get to a point where we're not triggered anymore, that this trauma is healed. And does it take more than one lifetime? Probably potentially, but at the Sounds same time, so nice. At the, so same, nice. at the same time, like if we are truly committed to doing the work, think of how quick we could do it when we really are committed to it. And I got to say that because I have clients that are just like, give me more, give me more. I want more. And it's like, and, and I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep throwing more. And then the progress they make because they're so dedicated to it so fast, it, it really comes down to that. And, and that self, that bettering of self to be a light in this world, instead of contributing to the madness that happens often, but we all have that madness within us as well. So we have to remember that when we see it in the outer, it's still in there. You, you know, if, if you like the whole war with Russia piece, where are you warring with yourself or someone else? You know, it may not be to that extreme, you know, it really shows the outer reality shows us the extreme to kind of look to be able to look within, to say, okay, I have, this in me. I have this within me too. I use that word all the time. Like with my kids too. Like if they're judging somebody, I'll be like, you have that within you too. I have that within me too. And that's where, why judgment is, is really a waste of our time. <laughs> it is. When I feel like people always wonder, and like on, on a big, you know, scheme of things, they see the news. Why can't we all get along? Why can't we be this way? And I always go back to, well, if, if, if I am beating up on myself or if I am not able to have, uh, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm combative in other parts of my life with my boss or my husband or my kids, that's why, like, I know it's, people think that you can't, that's not scalable, but that's exactly where it starts. Like it yeah. starts with, if we can resolve conflict by knowing who we are in our relationships, then we start, then we, that's that we stop that there. And if we can just keep, you know, kind of, spreading that and you know and, and you know kind of bringing it around it all is because everything is part of the all right. if you can grasp this if you can see it all as this one thought that means that we can change that thought for ourselves i can't change my thought i can change my thought about you that i'm having for you but i can't change you i can only change how i experience you and that's a big responsibility that that hits you in the face every day. Like, oh, wait, it's not that person. It's me. It's me. Not blame. It's just me. How can I recreate? How can I create something different? How can I have an experience of you that is not what it was yesterday that is going to be better? It's my responsibility. Once we know it's on us, you know, once we right. know it's on us. And it's, you know, it's not always black and white. Cause when we think we've got it, all of a sudden it shows up again and it's like, okay, our, it, is this like our school training? 
triggering me it to is, see if I've mastered this or, or not. Right, yet. our personal like, training okay. going, yeah, again, right. again. Right. All right, nope, didn't work. Just, you know. Yeah, just like going to the gym, the personal training. One day you're going to have a really rough day. And it's like, I needed that. I needed to go there to see this. I needed that. The, um, the, the fear. So I often kind of word it like this, like we can either create our dreamscape or our horrorscape in our mind. So if we're constantly thinking bad about others or our life and we're not in gratitude and that kind of thing, we're creating this timeline of reality where we will sit in it and we will feel like garbage. And if we can recognize it and shift it, we can shift into a higher timeline, create what we want because fear is creating that which we do not want. It's the intense focus on it. So if we can catch it, all these lower thought forms, fear, shame, guilt, we can catch it and then invert it to this more of this Christ consciousness perspective, this Buddha consciousness perspective, and, and try to keep creating these higher timelines. But I think the secret that I've found in my work, my own work is in the trigger. The secret is in the trigger. It is. So instead of like blasting off at somebody, just stop and wait. And I still work on that too. <laughs> stop and wait. And why were you triggered? So who told you you weren't enough? And that person just triggered mm -hmm. that. And, and that that's the secret right there. And then over time, the triggers are less and less and less. And then we're in the dreamscape more and more and mm -hmm. more. Absolutely. And allow yourself to be curious about it. Like, don't do it as a way to beat up on yourself. But yeah, you're right. It's the trigger moment going, huh? Okay. I'm, I am reacting in a very strange way right now. I'm acting. I am feeling very defensive, which whenever that feeling comes, it's about you. Uh, what, what, what's happening in that moment. And usually that's the diffusion right there. If you can do that, chances are the moment is diffused in that moment. The minute you stop is the minute it's diffused. Most so, for me. so the beautiful work is that once we do this work and, and, you know, we become mindful of it. So it starts to become part of our reality is the universe being mind and us being these fractals of the divine in human bodies, holding the all we then shift out of being the victim and being a victim to an outer reality. And we begin, you know, I always use being that creators. circle with a dot within it. We're the center dot informing now the outer reality. And we can kind of shift into this more of this planetary, planetary consciousness of being all one with all, where we start to paint the canvas. We start to take on projects and contribute to this new earth paradigm. And this new earth paradigm is creating healing yourself from within so that you can start creating the outer in a unified way with others, knowing they are an aspect of you because we are all one. We are all one. So it's exciting to think as a collective, what we could create together when we put our minds together in harmony, 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 yes. harmony. It's from harmony, trolls. Harmony. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is very wonderful to uh, to have this discussion um, and to revisit kind of the 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 app the practical application of it. I mean, this is there are seven uh, principles. Um, this one I find is the most all encompassing and the most practical because if we just keep going back to, we're all part of the all. So yes, it's 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 without us, it's outside of us that we are creations of that, which means we have all the properties of it. Just like your kids have all the, your DNA, only they're their individual selves. That's how I, that's my favorite way of looking at it. Cause as a parent, you know, this, they have everything that you have only they're unique, just like us. But then when you start to then realize, oh, wait, but then if we have all those things, then like you said, like the creation is coming from within. So actually the all is not here. 
the all is in here. So it's not <laughs> happening to us. We are allowing it to inform how we make it happen. So, and it's a shift there. There are, there are some that will, will really get into this with me. Um, and then, and then a week or two later, they start and I, I, I start to, you know, show them how you can inform the outer reality. There's a really great book. I know you've heard about it, Rob, E squared. E squared. It's And it's, it gives you like, I don't remember exactly how many, like 10 practices that you can use to create your reality. And one of them is, um, kind of just kind of go into a quiet state for a minute and imagine a color car that's really unique and like tan or something and then just just put it out there and intend that over the next 48 hours you are going to see tan cars and then watch what happens it, it and works. then it works and then when you have that experience then you can say whoa because it's the experience that helps you be able to apply it in a new way and you keep leveling right. up if that makes sense. And yep. then, and then you understand, whoa, I can do this. And with sending love to people, I can do this with envisioning my children having a great day today and holding the frequency and the energy of that. And then understanding the divine power that we have. But the word power, people are so afraid of because of these, these boxes that we've been told we need to stay in, right. but it's rising out of those boxes to use the power that you have within you for love, mm -hmm. for love, for creation. Yeah. I, I, it's about, it's about creation. It's like you said in the beginning, it's imagination. This, the universe, the all, the mind is imagination. Yes. So we have that imagination and whatever we see is what we can create for ourselves. So there's a ride at Disney, the figment ride. I don't know if you've ever been. I on never it, know, but it's so old and it's been there so long. And for kids, it's just, it's the journey into imagination. And when we, that inner child, we were imagining by the tree and climbing the tree, we lost sight of that in, in a world that was perceived for some to be cruel. If you grew up in a very loving household where you were safe and didn't have a lot of trauma, you probably had room to play with your inner child. But we, there's a lot of people that didn't and it healing, healing that it, it's, it takes time. It takes time and that's okay. And that's why we have these beautiful communities to help support that. Yes, that's important. That's, that's why we, you're right. It's, it's what I seek in a community. I now I'm, I feel so blessed that I've been, you know, after waiting a long time in life, I'm now encountering people having these discussions and, uh, and level and, and leveling up. So, because I, I myself need to be yanked out of some of, you know, some of these ideas of understanding, but applying them is now the, is now where I am in life. And you can't be a minister or, or, uh, or stand up in front of people or have this conversation on a podcast and not be held accountable to it because it's, it comes back every single time. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it real, the words that you say that sound so wise and pithy and this conversation sounds so um, fun and energizing are words that I will have to go, Oh, wow. You know, two days from now when I'm, when it's not this, uh, when I'm not in this high vibe and, and yeah. remember that. I have that power to change it because I just did it two days ago, you know, here. Right. So, 
Right. And I think it's important to give yourself credit because, you know, that's some of the disempowerment that happens sometimes that, you know, if some, if somebody is judging you because you didn't practice what you preached, then we're missing the whole point of this conversation. Right. Right. And and it's, it's important to know that we are all human. We are all vulnerable. We are doing this together as a collective right now. And nobody is better than one person. Nobody wearing a hat knows more than you do about your journey. And that's why that inner love, that inner wisdom of the all that higher self, I call it, is so important to connect to and not somebody, you know, not necessarily you all listening to Rob and I on saying what this is, but how could this potentially be integrated in your current reality? Right. And if it doesn't, let it go, right? Let it go. It's right, got to exactly. be what resonates for you. And, and, you know, it's not about judgment of others. It's about discernment. Okay. I'm watching this, this person in this situation, have this scenario happen. She didn't practice what she preached or he didn't practice what she preached. Take that as a a moment to say, oh, wow, do I have that in me too? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for using that very word. I say those words, judgment and discernment all the time, because I think people hear judgment, judgment in the way that we've thought about it, not very uh, helpful and forward moving. However, um, we're recognizing that it exists you know, ancestrally, we were, you know, we had to learn how to discern situations to survive. And I think we're still doing that. So, you know, don't beat up on yourself. We all have them catch yourself. It's another trigger. You know, that judgment that you're feeling is just another trigger, like your anger or your frustration or your whatever. What does that mean? Be curious and say, wow. Okay. You you know, that was pretty harsh what you were thinking. You know, you thought you you can't take it back. You thought what you thought, but why, you know, what could that mean about why is, why is that affecting you? Like, why is that, what this person doing? And why does that mean anything to me? Right. And and we're multi, yeah, we're multidimensional. So we can have a moment in meditation where all of a sudden you get to this point where you feel that you are everything that ever was, is, and will be. And you feel that you feel interconnected with every star, every being, every planet, you feel as if you are it, your consciousness just came into the I am presence. Right. And then you got to go downstairs and do your bills, or you got to feed your children, or you got to do these things. So we're multidimensional. We're going to experience all these different dimensions and octaves and levels of reality. And that's why we're here because we're creating that's why we're here. And that's the beauty of this earth and this planet that we have the ability to be able to do that. How fun, how wonderful to create in such a beautiful way, multidimensionally. Yes. Multidimensional. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's why, it's why we'll, you know, as we'll see with the hermetic principles, you know, there are uh, uh, principles that are, do, that are, that have duality to them. It's, it's why there is all these co- this correspondence and there is, uh, and, um, yeah, yeah, all of them really masculine, feminine principle. So because we're all of them, it's not we're not one not of just them. One thing. Yeah. And and that's why we're here. So you don't have to like feel like, oh, I'm trying to get to a point where I'm just you can if you want to, but it's not you don't have to like levitate and only be spiritual. Like our humanity is about this 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 wonderful integration of seeing it all as the spiritual experience, but still you know, where there's seven chakras for a reason, you know, you kinda the material is not more important than, you know, the root chakra is not as, as more important than the, the spiritual, crown. which is, yeah. it's, it's all there. It's, it's all there. So 
Right. And we go in and out of them. And that is the all having the experience in a body is to have these different dimensions of reality. And none of them are good, bad, or wrong. It's all okay. And we often judge ourselves for a lot of these experiences that we have. And it's just part of being the observer of consciousness mm -hmm. and going flying, soaring into a consciousness to experience a moment in time, which is an illusion because it's all happening right now. It's all happening <laughs> right. at the same time. Everything, everywhere, right. all at once. Right. So I would say if anybody has any questions about this, because, you know, if you've never heard these concepts or this is a whole new paradigm for you and you're trying to integrate it to where you are with your current experience or your religion or your upbringing and it, something doesn't jive or make sense or you have questions, please feel free to send an email to netoflove.iam at gmail.com and let me know your question. And I will not say your name on podcasts unless you absolutely want me to give you a shout out. I'm happy to give you a shout out. And Rob and I will, will really delve into those questions yeah, on some of these sure. next podcasts because I think it's important. We can sit here and talk all day, but we, him and I have had a lot of this um, work that we've done. And if you've not heard of it and you have questions, we'd love to answer them for you. So feel free to do that. And then yeah, check anything, out the Kabbalion online. So yeah. Yeah. We'll, so we'll put the link to the Kabbalion, the free version, and the, and you can read that as well. And then you might be like having these aha moments like I did all throughout it when I read it like 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's, it's a just, small book, but it's very dense. It, it is it, very dense. Because the application of it is over lifetimes. It's over lifetimes. So I, I often say that when I introduce this work is that you are not going to master this in a day and it's okay. It's okay. You're not supposed to. It's all no, part of the ascension process. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the cool part about all of this work is giving yourself a break, not getting obsessed about it, go for a walk in the woods and, and not be too hard on yourself and give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Because I think, I think, especially with women, Rob, I see a lot, but I, I don't, I don't know the male code, the masculine code so much with this as intensely, but the trusting of self is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially when we shift out of that logical left brain into the more intuitive side to really start trusting self and trusting the thoughts that you have. They may not be in line with what others want for you, or they may not be what others think you should do or how they think you should be, but that's their version of you that's not who you are. Right. So trusting self is so important. So important. Yeah, I do. I definitely agree. So we could go for, um, you know, 30 Hours. weeks talking about the concept of mentalism. And we're going to obviously come back to it because I love that it's the first principle because they, all the others flow from it and flow to it. So it's this constant movement of the drops in the ocean. Like you said, that beautiful Rumi quote, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the whole ocean. You are the whole ocean. You are the whole ocean choosing to have an experience in a drop mm -hmm. as a drop of Amanda, as a drop of Rob, as a drop, yeah. but we all, we are all connected and in the energetic cosmic way that we can't see with the separation of our bodies that's there that our collective is finally starting to come into. Right. And, and if embrace. we really, yeah. And if we really 
really think about it, we can feel it. I mean, we have examples in our daily life that make it easier. You know, you have your kids, you have that connection already. It's a very, it's a very tangible material way to experience it, but it's time to level that up. Like the connections that we have that are easy to see or easy to know that we've got that unity. Um, it's now time to expand beyond that and see it in everything. So yeah, I'm working on it too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a journey. It's a pro it's a process. It's, it's an important, process. it's an alchemical process. And like you said earlier, when you recognize instead of being triggered and just running off with it down the rabbit hole, you're going to take it on. If you can stop there and be mindful and say, okay, hmm, what is this? That is where the alchemy takes place. That is where mm -hmm. the transmutation takes place. That is where we start to shift all this toxicity. Yeah, and you, it's the only place that it can take place. Like that's the only, only place. place that it can. That's why it's, it's so like, important right. not to just shove it down, but look at it. Right. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words on the concept of mentalism? No, I just, uh, I just encourage everybody to think of themselves as part of the all, which means that if you, if you think of yourself as part of the creation, then that means that if I am part of the creation, you're part of the creation. That means that even the things that we hate looking at are part of the creation whoa, how does that fit in with our day-to-day -day existence? Because it does like this is, a, this is considered a principle or a law. It's, you know, so this is how it, like you were saying in the beginning, this is how it operates. This is not a, let's check to see whether we're the all or we're not like, you know, Hermes was saying, this is how it is. So if this is something that you resonate with, you have to figure out then how life exists within that, you know, that principle, like, this and is I how will, it is. Yeah. I will say some of my clients who are Catholic have struggled, struggled with this and the fear associated it. Well, like I am, um, some of God. the, some of the, I am that comes. Yeah. Some of the, I am words that come from it is I am betraying my God. Um, so here's, here's, here's a concept for us to consider when we look at the collective consciousness of humanity, right? When we view a God as external from us, we are saying that we are not divine. Okay. When we are viewing a God as authoritarian, judgmental, we are then creating an internal imprint to judge ourselves and to be authoritative in the way we interact with self. Our relationship with self becomes judgmental and authoritarian. And does that feel divine? I'll just open that question up to you guys. Does that feel divine? So this is taking, this is in a way, taking the divinity back within our hearts and within ourselves. And it doesn't, you know, if it resonates or it doesn't, it's gotta be what resonates with you. But this is a shift for the collective and for the individual to embrace your divinity and feel the worthiness again of your own divinity and your own direct source connection. Because it simply is, it is a, it is, it is a given, you know, it is, it is, it's something that it can't not be. So. Yes. And I will give a name of a Catholic priest who is embraced the metaphysics very much. And he really understands them and he pulls them into his teachings. And he has many books about how to get over this fear when you start working with the chakras and understanding energy. And his name is Richard Rohr. And I want to thank my, one of my clients who's probably listening, who found this on her journey divinely because she was in that moment. And he, Richard really goes into those old paradigms of, of Catholicism that kept us in the box to not be able to feel divinity. So 
Again, name is Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. He unlocks those and allows you to kind of claim them as, you know, and expand your idea of what they meant. So, yeah. So, okay. Rob, thank All you right. so much. Rev thank Rob. Thank you so much. Looking forward and to more. Love yeah. these laws of the universe. Absolutely. And again, if somebody has questions, feel free to send them to us. And we are so thankful for those who are following this and listening and the beautiful work that so many of you that have told me that you're listening to this are doing and integrating and thank you. And it's just us all creating that beautiful net of love, that network, the neurological network of thinking and the pathways of love in our minds, transmuting all this lower toxic thought form and really healing that pathway within so that we can heal the cosmic web in the outer as we all do that work as the all within the human, all doing that work together. Think of the beautiful net of love we can create. And I was given the word net of love without even knowing all these pieces and they just beautifully come back in. Look at that, you're doing it right now. This experience is a net of love. Every person you have here in your space to have this discussion is part of this net, this network of love. It's how the world is looking at itself now. So we are a network, we are a net, we are together, so. And when we hear a name, we don't always understand what it means, but it, it comes together multidimensionally in ways we can, couldn't dream of when we start opening up to these principles and these concepts, life-changing, life-changing for me. Um, me and, and, and with my clients too, I will tell you all, it's just, it just really, it really heals. It's so healing. It's so healing and so divine. All right, Rob. Thanks so much. We'll talk Bye. again soon. Yes, Bye. we will. Bye. <laughs>